parts you of the reality. You went dark really quick there, Mark. <laughs> We're going, what's, it, what's AI? It's going to help us do chat, I'm GPT, tell you, help you write a resume. Let's bomb I the dream shit about out of the this. world. Just to let you know, because you should know. <laughs> Are you guys recording all this? It's a great way to start the podcast. Yeah, loving it. <laughs> Talking about shopping at Costco. <laughs> Which for me, when you're a family guy, mm-hmm. and you go to Costco, it's like Disneyland. It's yes. like entertainment for me. Mm-hmm. And then you get to go there by yourself. You ever go there by yourself, and you can actually look at all the cool stuff they're selling. Mm-hmm. You go down every aisle. And that's the only entertainment I get. Then I go back <laughs> home and I slave. At least you get that. I'm not allowed to go to Costco. Yeah, Why not? Can. My wife, I talk to too many people. You talk to too many people at Costco? Because I'm oh. bullshit and I talk to the guy. I'll rap with the people that are serving the food. Oh, yeah. I start, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, isn't it weird when people come around, they're like, like they haven't eaten in four months. And they're just, oh, they're those free meals. shit just yeah. coming out of their mouth. And I'll get another one. Like, yeah. <laughs> and ahead. then you get near the cash registers with all like the health samples and there, there's nobody at the line at all. Like they right, just completely exactly. leave that one alone. Yeah, like I'm gonna go back to the fried foods. Yeah, <laughs> they're smart. Cause you they, like a gummy they, they bear that has there. vitamins? No, I'm gonna go back to the mixed nuts with chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to go. I feel bad after like the fifth time I go back. Have <laughs> another one of those things. They always cook them better there, right? And stuff always comes out perfect. I distract them. What the heck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Running down the they're aisle. not supposed to say anything to you if you you could take as many as you want, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. That the rule? I, I wonder how much that. that costs Costco. My God, they're feeding so many people, and they're smart. Nothing it keeps them in the store. It keeps them in the store, and that's why they sell those pizzas and hot dogs, right? They don't yeah. make any money out there. No, a buck fifty. Yeah, they started letting for anyone a hot go, dog? and then they went back to you have to show your membership card. They used to be Hebrew National. And they, they went to something else. Where are they now? I don't know. Unkosher. They're not kosher. <laughs> Can't eat them. Like a Slim Jim. <laughs> exactly. Slim Jim's not kosher? I didn't know they that. Used to be, I don't even know what they they're made pork out of. In them. What is a Slim Jim? I, I mean, I like the Tabasco ones. They have these new jalapeno ones. I love mm-hmm. them. Ugh. Yeah. That's where, I do, that's where I do all my food shopping, 7-Eleven. I'm going to buy a steak Circle on the way. K. I'm getting hungry. Are these mics waterproof? Because I'm salivating <laughs> on one of them right now. <laughs> A Slim Jim salivation. Yeah, that's true. But everyone. I looks... look like Patrick on SpongeBob. Uh, I don't get as drool. excited when I go to Home Depot because then I know I'm, I have a project, right? Oh, uh, yeah. You go there like a hundred times, like my garage. Unless it's Halloween or Christmas season, then I'm yeah. going through the decorations uh, and I'm going like full Griswold. Who, so, would, okay. who would think that you'd get the best Halloween decorations at Home Depot? I'm buying the 12 foot skeleton. Yeah, this everybody year. wants to be that. talked out of it again. Everyone who buys that, they turn on and they flip it for a grand. Did you see mm-hmm. this thing? Yeah. And I see them the one time, but I'm like, where am I going to put a 12 foot skeleton? I mean, well, so what you got to do is you got to get the motorcycle that matches, like the house in Escondido that has the 12 foot skeleton riding the motorcycle over the top of their fence that you see every time you drive up and down Ninth Avenue. That's so awesome. That's how you got to do it. That's branding. <laughs> yep. Too bad we just don't do that all the time and just keep them up there, make houses look more fun. Like Christmas lights. It's yeah. So fun to see them you know you get to go to all these neighborhoods it's like there's just... people that start right after <laughs> halloween season? Yeah. after halloween is when they start putting this stuff up yeah it mm-hmm. gets complicated well it's like this power already pulling one down. thing down might as well put the other yeah. thing up save yourself the effort talk so. about that that's a good segue because <laughs> imagine are we are we on live now oh, you, okay well wow. i didn't know well i got a question because it's like go ahead like like if you have to say it in a nutshell, what's AI? What's AI in a nutshell? Yeah, like for just a regular. For just a regular. Like we're talking to my mom who's 80. Mm-hmm. You go, 
I'm going to tell you what AI is. Too advanced. Right. <laughs> You're too old. We can, <laughs> no, don't I mean, even try to learn this. I think most of the stuff with AI in a nutshell for just anyone off the street is the computer is going to be able to do something for you with you having to minimally tell you or you having to tell them very minimum instructions to do it. So like at a very core level, like that's what AI is all about. And AI is a huge umbrella. There's a ton of different things that fall underneath of it. Some of it's way more complicated than that. But at its base for like your day-to-day consumer looking to use AI, it's a way to do things for you that you don't want to do yourself. So the fear is that people have mm-hmm. that I've heard is that the computers are going to tell you what to do not the other way around. They're going to get so smart mm-hmm. that they're going to say, oh, we're going to launch these missiles because right. you don't know what you're doing. And we think there's an, a, we think a hostile country is about to do something and you won't be able to turn it off. Do you think that's a reality at some point? Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say reality. dark really quick there, Mark. <laughs> we're going, what's, it, what's AI? It's going to help us do chat, I'm GPT, you, help you write a resume. Let's bomb I the dream shit about out of the this world. every night, so I need to know the answer. That's one of those fear factors. Like, I mean, of course, it could go all the way to that, where someone's yeah. going to nuke the place. But well, this is what this is what James Cameron mm-hmm. predicted in 1984. He just was on television and said, yeah. "I warned you guys, Frank. You know James Cameron. I know James Cameron. So yeah, I warned you guys in 1984, but you didn't listen. But I don't remember ever being in the movie theater with James Cameron going, "This is going to happen." You didn't see that trailer hey. before <laughs> it, Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's almost like the movie industry, Hollywood, mm-hmm. always knows what's going to happen. I mean, you can go way back to the cartoon, The Jetsons. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's when I was a kid. So I'm like 60. So that was a long time ago. And then you then you look at these movies that come out. Yep. And one of them was like the Terminator. I'll be back. And mm-hmm. you can't stop him. You can't kill him. He's programmed. He's learning. You know, it's an actual artificial intelligence that not only is programmed to do something, but you remember that kid he was with on that movie. He's like, no, man, you say, hasta la vista, baby. And he right. remembered it, you know. So he's a learning. He just can't stop this. But um, Elon Musk said the same thing. Like, there's a whole bunch of people that goes, hey, man, you, you made it. Well, even before the Terminator, there was a movie called War Games. Mm-hmm. And it was a Matthew little kid. Broderick, yep. Yeah, and he had yeah. to – he ended up playing chess, checkers. And ended up almost nuking the entire world. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they've been that's – why, that's why I went dark Yeah. because I've been watching these shows since I was a child. Right. But th- there is a theory about what you two are both talking about, which is really interesting in that the technology that we see is created and built in such a way based off of whatever you saw as a child. So that generation that watched the Jetsons, the generation that watched Star Trek, like – the mobile phones that came out in the early 2000s resembled the communicators that you used on Star Trek because the kids that grew up watching that said, I want to have that. I want to build it. So if you grew up watching the James Bond movies, now all of a sudden you have Apple Watches because everyone wanted to have the watch you could talk to, right? So I think that's really interesting to look at the creative sphere because what the creative sphere is doing is influencing the next generation of technical creators and developers. So whatever you're watching now and whatever tech they're showing, that's what you're going to see in the future because people are going to... The, the fans, the consumers of that are be like, all right, when I grow up, I want to have that. I want that's, that to be real. That's a good that, – I've never heard anybody explain it that way, but that makes so much sense. Well, because, i got another theory. Go ahead. The people that you're talking about, where did they learn it from? Like the creators of, let's say, Get Smart. For those of mm-hmm. you out there, it's an old show. The guy used to answer – he had a phone in his shoe. Hello, right. Chief Max. Yep. So somebody <laughs> thought about – let's put – 
a phone and a shoe. Mm-hmm. So was that guy a comedian or was that guy somebody who knew that there was technology that's coming that he found out that he brought to Hollywood? So does it start with Hollywood or does somebody giving Hollywood, hey, do a movie about this and bring this in because the government has this already, but we want to introduce it to the public mm-hmm. in a mellow, entertaining way so they get used to it. That's an interesting okay. thought. I, I'm sure there's some of that that goes on. for, But I think a lot of it is just the creative mind comes up with some of the weirdest things sometimes. Right. Which, to come back to your question, Mark, like, yes, there is a negative with AI, but AI is still not true AI because it hasn't passed what we call the Turing test. What is that? The Turing test is named after Alan Turing, who was a famous scientist from Britain. And it's a test that's done to show whether a computer can think for itself. So can it actually create original creative thought? And as of today, nobody's actually passed that. No technology has actually passed that. Like ChatGPT has been rumored that to a couple of, of times that we know of. <laughs> Correct, that we know of. There was a really funny story uh, earlier this year, maybe late last year, about a Google developer who had built a chatbot internally and had conversations with it and actually ended up kind of starting a relationship thinking that this chatbot that he had built had come to life and had passed the Turing test. And what they ended up realizing is, no, he was kind of fooling himself, and it was really, really well programmed. But that's what we have to look for. As soon as they pass that Turing test and become conscious, like that's what we're really talking about is consciousness. Can you go beyond your programming? And right now, anything that's in the artificial intelligence arena is still human. It's still programmed by humans. And that's why when you talk about artificial intelligence, what's really interesting is to think about like, yes, I'm getting these answers back, these images, these text prompts, whatever it is. But... Who programmed it to tell me that? Right. What information were they pulling from? Because all it is right now is just a much, much better search engine to a degree. Like it's just crawling yeah. everything that it has access to and formulating an answer off of that. So it's a bunch of humans that's creating those answers, but it's not coming it's up with the its matrix. Own. Exactly. Yes. But it's the okay, matrix. so well, let me tell the audience. Well, 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 this is good. Go this, is, this is good because it's current right now. So there's a writer's strike. Yes. And a, and a strike oh, yeah. with the Hollywood writer's Hollywood. strike. By the way, it's July 2023 for those who are watching. Mm. We're talking about the strike No, in it's Hollywood. August. Oh, it is August. That's right. Sorry. It just it was just August, just entered August, August. Whatever second. So, I think that these writers are worried that it's going to get to the point where it will be creative mm-hmm. and they will be obsolete. But how can you stop that? So, What I think will happen in many industries, especially in creative industries or knowledge industries, is there is going to be some culling of the population of that industry. The people at the top, though, the ones that are truly, really creative, that are really adding a lot of value, they're really building a lot of this, they're not going to go away. They're going to be enhanced by these tools. So writers are a great example. You're still going to have to have someone who comes up with the idea. Like you could throw in a prompt, say, I want you to write me a spec script for this situation in this time frame, and it's going to give you something, but it's probably not going to be great because it's going to be pulling off of everything else that's out there, and it's very likely going to give you something that already exists. So if you want something truly original, yes. either you have to start or you I have to it. edit that. Right. So there's always going to be right. a place. But that's, it's based on informational history. Right, exactly. But that's today. That's today. I think but 10 years from now, well, five, well, when it does have consciousness – it or will there be multiple it's or just one like will there be one computer one one god computer and then a bunch of disciple so you're going to have skynet or a bunch of replication like in blade runner and and other countries are going to have a different that was a great movie that second have you seen blade runner 2 no i only made it through the first third so did you see it okay yeah Mm -hmm. when he goes and the guy's growing the the 
the flower. Oh, I haven't seen that part. <laughs> when, when, he, when he has, uh, let me take. We need a, a spoiler banner on here. Right. Now, sorry. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he dies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so just to let the audience know, Chris is an expert at taking companies. If I get this right, mm-hmm. and uh, using technology and and being a, a visionary and saying how, what new tools are out there, what new AI. What's going to happen to your industry? Because everyone's worried about their industry because nobody knows what's going to happen. This is one right. of those things like this is the biggest thing. We're just handling it. I, I don't know why we're handling it so easy, but it's huge. Right? Right. It's, going to, it's, it's going to disrupt everyone. It may help industry. It may hurt industry. So Chris goes around. He's on a circuit. He talks to a lot of big, big uh, you know, Fortune 500s on the panel. is talking about um, how technology is going to impact the future of us. And what people don't know is that he is actually an avatar. Yes. <laughs> he's this a, is my digital twin. He's, I'm yeah, not hearing not that. a real person. Chris is and in the this hallway. is how good AI I is right now. could make the drive down yeah, the Yeah, Chris is in the hallway. Chris is in the hallway and this is a virtual. We <laughs> took his face and we put it on somebody else. It worked. He can't even uh, tell. Yeah. We really yeah. have the beard and the beard. Here, the beard was complicated. You just got to switch out the black shirt and then it'll be okay, right? So anyway, I'd like you to go over like, what is your job? Mm-hmm. What do you do for companies? And um, I want to highlight you because I was impressed when I met you, and that's why you're here. Right. Uh, you're, you're entertaining and you're smart. It's, it's fun because this could be a boring subject. It could be exciting, but you know how to make it impact not only the people that own these companies, but the individuals who buy products from these companies and how they're going to be affected. Absolutely. Yeah. Right now, I've, I've worked in the real estate industry for almost 18 years at this point, and I've been on the brokerage side. I've been on the MLS side. And what's been really fascinating about that entire journey is I've learned about technology, not through having a degree. I took one computer science class in college, got a C plus in it and decided I didn't want to be a programmer, but I understood like how important it could be. And I went the marketing track. And then what happened was during the recession, we found that we had to get away from the old tried and true marketing and advertising methods and start focusing on better ways to communicate on a more targeted basis that was more cost effective. And so I got into digital advertising, digital marketing, and that was where we first got into like the, the really big tech trend of my time in the workforce, which was search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. So how do you really work the search engines like Google, Bing, Yahoo, things like that, and social media. Social media was exploding at that point. Facebook had just moved off of the college campuses, had started to make its way into the overall world. MySpace was on its way down. Twitter had just been launched. Uh, LinkedIn was starting to understand that they needed to do more than just be a profile online. So it was a really interesting time where social media really seemed to be changing the entire conversation online. That was really the advent of Web 2.0. And then from there, every new iteration of some kind of technology that's come out has been something we've looked at. And AI is really interesting because there's a ton of people talking about it. Um, It's a buzzword at this point. Like people will put AI attached to a company even if they really don't do anything at all with AI. They just want to sell it. It has a lot in common with a tech trend from just a couple of years ago, like four or five years ago, and that was blockchain and the advent of Web 3.0. And there was a good year or two where everyone talked about blockchain. And literally there were companies on the stock exchange who would change their name to say something about blockchain or about crypto, and they'd get a huge stock bump, pump it, and then get out. Um, So That's like stealing. No, strategy. (laughs) It's marketing. Yeah. Right. I, everyone's following this blockchain. Mm-hmm. Everyone, do you remember that these was that commercials? Cryptocurrency. Yeah, invest in here, and this stock's going up. And it was right before, it was right after weed got legalized. Because first mm-hmm. we we're talking about, it was all about the weed, right? Right. And then they invest in this company because they're producing, you know, maybe lights that 
shine on the weed, the mm-hmm. hydroponics and all that. And then it jumped right to that other one. Right. Right? That's right. about when yeah. time happened. Yeah. The reason why I bring up blockchain specifically, though, is because I like to contrast it with the AI talk because there's just as much Now, what is blockchain? Because Okay, yeah. let me sure. just stop right there because – I'm asking you for this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's viewers out there that want to know. I didn't. I want to know. Yeah, yeah we I'm we, we want to know what a blockchain is. I'm thinking of a steel chain and blocks. No, I think it's different. Exactly. Yeah. So, what is blockchain to the mm-hmm. average person? Like, how do you explain it? Uh, could you explain so, it to the average? person? Yes, I could. Um, imagine an Excel spreadsheet, right? Like, I think okay. we're all pretty familiar with spreadsheets. Got blockchain it. at its core is a spreadsheet that you lock, and people cannot change what's in there. So. It, the reason why they call it a chain is because there's literally like a chain of information blocks that say who owns it at what time, and you cannot change any of those blocks. So it's a completely what we call immutable record, meaning that it's a source of truth. People aren't able to edit it. You know exactly who's doing what and when. It's the underlying technology for cryptocurrencies, and the reason why it works so well for that is because you can tell, like, I've sold this piece of crisp- cryptocurrency to this person. So right? hard, hard, but, difficult to uh, make counterfeit. Very difficult. To do. Yeah. But, but who can view it? So that's where blockchain is really interesting is you have very distinct permissioning depending on what type of blockchain you're using. And you can say, not only do I only want these two people to view it, I only want them to view these three pieces of information. So as an example, let's take a property record and you've got a whole bunch of information about a property, right? Anywhere from 50 to 150 different pieces of public fact. Let's say you're wanting to sell information about that to a third-party service like insurance or a mortgage company but you only want them to know the address, the status, and the price, you can, on the blockchain, set it up in such a way that as long as their identifying token on their end, basically their user credentials are correct, they can see what's on your blockchain, but they can only see those three fields. They won't see the other 147. It's almost like a redacted document. Yes. That's a great way to look at it. Absolutely. There is a lot of... That's one of the biggest uses of that and why it seems so interesting. But when blockchain was first becoming popular... Everyone's just like, well, we'll just use blockchain for this and for that. And the reality is if you can just do something with a regular database, like if you could just use an Excel spreadsheet, there's no reason to use a blockchain, right? Like blockchain has to be used for those permission purposes, for that reason of you want to have control and ownership. But what a lot of people were doing was trying to find a reason to use blockchain. They knew it was popular. They knew everyone was talking about it. And they just said, let's just try and use it it, no matter what. AI is different in that the reasons to use it, especially – with this uh, increase of large language models that we've seen. And a large language model, just to back up a little bit there, is what we're seeing in ChatGPT today, which is you're pumping in a ton of information from whatever source you have. In this case, it's the entire internet. And they're looking through all of those sources of information, and that's how it's creating these answers when you're asking ChatGPT via prompts. And large language models are really what's getting the most attention right now, but artificial intelligence has the reasons for the business already. That's what's different about blockchain is blockchain really only had a couple of use cases that completely made sense and people are still trying to figure out like what are the best ways to use it to get that mass adoption. AI feels like that mass adoption exists. Like there's right. plenty of reasons for people to use what Well, here's a fear controls. that people are saying is that if you pump the wrong information mm-hmm. into AI, you can manipulate an election. You can change the way people think. And because it's only as good as what you put into it. Mm -hmm. So what if you have a bunch of people from a foreign country putting in a bunch of information about whoever? They're just pumping this 
Oh yeah, like character assassinations. You could just right, keep and, they, and then and, and then when it, it comes goes out, out as the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and then the well, that's, that's, the truth isn't the truth anymore. Right. Mark always goes down the the worry wart part. Okay, <laughs> like, but he's absolutely correct. Well, astroturfing is a thing. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what you're talking about. Is astroturfing? That is definitely a thing. What is it? Astroturfing? Astroturfing is what that's called. Oh that's, man, see? Yeah, you're right. There is something. They have a name for it. How about these guys that have a robot speaking in their like you, like I could do a podcast right and put. Like Joe Rogan's voice and me saying it. Absolutely. That's, I think that's the weirdest part. Like, what if I? I think they're doing that to me, because <laughs> I seriously, I get these phone calls, and I answer it, and I say hello, 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 yeah, and they're they're taking my voice, right, and so they have a uh, the voice identification because now when I call places they'll say. We're going to use voice to identify you. Have mm-hmm. you heard this? Yep. So if they have your voice and that's what they, all they need. Yeah, that's exactly why they're calling you, Mark. Some arbitrary phone call because they want Mark, <laughs> they want Mark Powell's voice so they can track him doing nothing. They're going to get it right now off the podcast. Nobody is doing that. As I that. say, Frank has opened us up all to levels of risk here by putting all this out online. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, <laughs> it's already out there. Yeah. I would say let's go back to real estate because mm-hmm. Mark and I are both California's brokers right. sell real estate. And uh, I want to go back to what people don't know. The average person doesn't know what an MLS is, right? Mm-hmm. Multi-listing service. So this is where you put your information about your house on the market so it goes right. in the web. So what? how that really works is that the realtor gets a listing. Hey, mm-hmm. would you like me to sell your house? You go through all that stuff. Yes, I'm hiring you. And you go, okay, I need some information about your house. I need specifics. And there's a whole list of things. You have, you know, AC uh, how big is your kitchen? What are the countertops made out of? Oh, you have a backyard, you have a pool, you have pool pumps, you have solar. Uh, you, everything about the house you fill in into this listing so the next person can see what you're selling. But it's really us feeding the matrix uh-huh. for free out of information that's going to be used for other companies to use it for their advantages as far as, for example, if I go water heater, you have, there's a water heater in here. Okay. How old is it? Over 10 years old. You'd want to know as a plumber that these 20,000 houses have water heaters that are over 10 years old. And all of a sudden you find out yourself getting a week later a postcard that says we're Mm -hmm. we're having a water heater special and we'll install for free if yours is over 10 years old. And it's good for target marketing. Right. But the weird thing about it is that we're feeding this MLS. So describe what an MLS is and how do you think AI could help us? Not hurt us, but help us help in that. Us, yeah. So MLS, you're at multiple listing service. There's about 522 right now in the country, all across the uh, 50 states. And then we've got similar versions of an MLS in Canada and in Mexico have some um, options that are similar there. And the multiple listing service started out back in the day over 100 years ago as just groups of agents getting together in a neighborhood, meeting up and trying to trade information on what properties they were trying to sell. So it really was at its core cooperative between agents to try and get deals done. And, you know, ever since the 90s, technology has been overlaid into it. MLS has become much more about being the database that not only collects all that listing information, like you were just saying with the ad edit, uh, being able to put in listing input, but then feeding it back out. So if you're a consumer and you're searching any of the popular real estate portals out there, like they're getting their information from an MLS and probably multiple MLSs, you know, the top ones out there, Zillow, Redfin, Homes.com, they're all connected to at least 400, if not 450 of those 522 MLSs to get all of that information in. 
Now, AI is really interesting because going back to what we talked about with listing inputs, most agents have anywhere between 50 to 150 fields to fill in for a listing, depending on how much information you've gotten from the homeowner, which is a lot of work, a lot of time. And a lot of that information does exist. It exists in public records. It exists in green power energy sources. It exists in third-party um, home improvement type sources. Like there's a lot of different data sources out there that have a lot of that information. So what we could do with AI is auto-populate information in there using those sources, and then AI could become uh, AI could do some predictive analytics around saying like you've filled in this kind of information. Can we add this for you? You could also do, and this is something that quite a few MLSs are using today, use a feature of artificial intelligence called image recognition, which this is really neat because you take your photos of the property or you could take a video at this point. Most people will still do photos. You upload those photos and then the computer program, the algorithm reads it and it'll tell you, this is a kitchen. This kitchen has stainless steel Viking appliances. It has white quartz countertops. It has walnut cabinets, and it can spit all that out, and that becomes information that would then go into those fields that you as an agent used to have to type in directly. Got and it. now it's just getting populated. Right. I think it also gives you like the dimensions. Can they, do the, they're getting yeah. better with dimensions, especially with the uh, How big the the dollhouse plans. Like right. you can get very close to like the within a couple centimeters now in a lot of rooms of this is a 10 by 10 or a 10 by 12 or whatever. So I heard be. a rumor Uh-oh. that they can take a picture. Let's say we'll use the Viking appliance. Mm -hmm. right. And the AI will then be able to identify it. If it can figure out the model, it will be able to say, that's a Viking model number 382, mm -hmm. 28 cubic feet. Right. It has had two recalls. The right. cost to repair it is this. And so it's going to be able to do a lot more right. for the consumer because if I'm in a house and I see a Viking, I can say that's a Viking. That's a really good refrigerator. Mm -hmm. They're expensive to fix. But other than that, I'm not going to know if there was a recall or anything. Do right. you think it, it would be like taking the DNA of every appliance? Right. right. So it goes down, and they and they did that once. There's a couple programs that they wanted to do that, but they were just doing it. But do you think that's a reality? No, I definitely think it's a reality. I know there's a couple of companies who are toying around with the idea of being able to attach warranty information, manuals especially. Like manuals is a, are a big one. Like If you bought your appliance a couple of years ago, not all sellers are great about keeping the manuals for all their equipment, right? Like when I bought my house, we had a really nice oven in there and we couldn't find the manual for it anywhere. So that's a big piece of it. If you could load that in and it could tell you what it is and then connect you with the Viking site and say, right. here's your manual, here's your warranty, here's you know service information. That could all be in a portal for that consumer to constantly refer back to, it's like the old uh, like and probably, who fixes it in your neighborhood? Exactly. Can I go like, dark again? Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna go dark. Well, Mark's a dark, dark guy. Too. No, I, this is okay. So let's say you have cameras in your house. Yep. Most people have cameras in their houses. Mm -hmm. Even there's even a disclosure when you're going into a home. You may be recorded right. or you may be yeah, but you filmed. Yeah. But the AI can use facial recognition see the buyer who came in the house and then do a search online and go, oh, that's Chris. He's an IT guy. His average salary is whatever. Or mm -hmm. just and or hey, that's so-and-so. They have a criminal history record and okay. blah, blah, blah. So, or the agent that walks in there go, oh, that's so-and-so. She's she's really good agent. She sold 200 homes in the area. So, like, so if you're the agent, you're like, man, that's a good agent. Like, I may get that. So do you think that 
that that facial recognition portion of it, like they have they have it in China now. The police wear them. Mm-hmm. They have right. these glasses on. They can identify you. Wow, it's crazy. What yeah, do you think? I think that it's not it's possible to do today. It's not easy. Like there's not a consumer level product that makes that super easy in your home today. That being said, yes, I could go to my Google Nest cameras that I have. I could pull up the archival footage. I could screen cap someone's face, do a reverse Google image search, see if I can find someone that looks similar to them. There are companies that you could pay that are used primarily by like by private security. Uh, but again, it's not a consumer application. It's more of like industrial, military, business application uh, that could run those kind of searches and pull up everything about that person. So it's possible today. It's not easy. So it's not done all the time. Who's to say that doesn't change the future? That being said, facial recognition in the U.S., especially near the end of last year, people started really pushing back against that, really against the idea of, of that going further. Um, not to say it's not being done. I think it is, but it's not going to be, I think, a popular consumer tool anytime soon because people are starting to worry more about privacy. So can you imagine somebody walks in your house and the artificial intelligence can say, oh, that's a so-and-so. Good for the cops. And, and <laughs> they've seen 28 homes in the last three months. The probability that they'll put an offer in on your house is less than 8%. Right. So you probably don't want to pursue that one versus seeing somebody and go, oh, the probability. I don't know, man. If, the, if AI can do that, that means they're following this guy around his whole life to profile him for this well, one Well, they don't have to follow him around their house. whole life because a lot of these people just voluntarily put stuff on the yeah, internet. People talk they just to, yeah, they always look talk at a Facebook privacy. page. Right. What privacy? Here's what I ate last night. Right. I had this. Everything about I went them. here. Mm-hmm. Look at my kids. You know what's funny about kids because I know you mentioned mm-hmm. um, is that we're we're in a school, and this is funny. Like, you go in the classroom, and the teacher will say, don't take pictures of the kids. Right. It's like a privacy thing. But then they have a school play, and every single parent's out there with video cameras filming everything, and every kid's in there, and they're all – so I don't understand how – how can why can't I take a picture of the kid in the class or on the playground? I can take a picture of them when they're on stage, and then they're all online. Mm-hmm. Isn't that an oxymoron? Well, that's, that's because you have a kid. At that school. Right. It's really for the people that don't have kids at oh, school. correct. Exactly. Or taking photos exactly. of the kids. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> why, why are you taking pictures? Well, obviously, if the mom's taking right. a picture of her kid and there's a couple of kids in the background, no one's going to swarm her. But it was some guy in a big trench coat. Oh, I know, but that same, <laughs> yeah, weird guy. It was like, okay. I always thought that was weird, like, because yeah, people are taking pictures of my kids when they're on stage in the plays, and I go, I yeah, don't know Yeah, but people guy. are different, man. People don't like it. Some people just but that, don't But what do I'm it. saying is, about, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying about the privacy thing. Yeah. I, don't, I think privacy is history. What do you mean privacy? There's privacy, no more privacy yeah. with anyone. Privacy is history because right. if you carry a cell phone, you have no privacy. Right. Like, there was right. Uh, this really cool heat map that came out during COVID where they showed during spring break this mass migration from all the college towns in the Midwest down to Panama City in Florida. <laughs> right. And it came back. And sure enough, like two weeks after that, Big mass outbreak. outbreaks through yeah. all those different cities. And you're like, well, how did they know that? And the thing is, like, the cell phone companies have those pings out there, and you can go buy this information. Like, anyone can go buy it. And they say it's anonymized, but it only takes you, like, two extra steps to pair that up with a person and know exactly where they've gone and what they've done. So they were actually able to figure out all the people that went down there and came back based off of, you know, just buying a couple of data sources. So here's what I picture. Mm-hmm. On the positive side of AI yes. and real estate, the easiest thing that I can see is somebody saying, I want to look at this house. Mm-hmm. And then 
you you have to always call the agent. Then the agent always says, I'll meet you. And if it's a big house, sometimes it's a pain. Now we can't do it now. You just My thing with AI would be you put on those goggles, mm-hmm. just like those guys that you see on the funny YouTube films where they're, they really think they have a sword. They're they fighting up, Darth Vader. Yeah, they end up flying, I did that. They end up flying into the TV and ruining their house. So that, you know it's realistic in there. Mm-hmm. And then you just go through a tour and you can even pick in the agent that you want. She or he walks you through mm-hmm. and you get to walk the whole house. You can even like reach over and flush Where the agent can be an avatar. That's what I mean. An like avatar. Chris. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, <laughs> so then you... Um, <laughs> He's so not then, an avatar. He's real. You ready for me to talk? <laughs> Because, like, how many times are you going to interrupt me in one sentence? He's an avatar. <laughs> like, just throw <laughs> Three times? I'm just waiting for the edit later where I'm you guys turn me into, like, one of the Nobby or something. Be no, I'm not. Because I want to show the whole world right at the beginning of these podcasts how many times my brother's going to interrupt me. Because your no, you question have, is well, you very long. Like, ding, ding, yeah, ding, exactly. just like a running clock. By the time you're finished with a question, <laughs> well, I'm, like, tell, about You tell a story that takes five minutes about your photoing kids at But that's not about asking a question. The question should be fast. <laughs> no, because I'm picturing that. You know, yeah. I'm picturing that you just put a pair of goggles exactly. on. Well, and you've got a whole bunch of different pieces going on there, which are very much within reach. You've got augmented reality and virtual reality together. Augmented reality – well, virtual reality is the Oculus. You put on the goggles. Right. You interact within like a video game type setting. Augmented reality is you can be in the space but see extra things about that space. Right. So. Virtual reality is I don't have to go there. Augmented reality is I'm there and I'm going to see a whole lot more. So going back to our example about like the Viking uh, appliances, like if you had on goggles that were doing augmented reality, like theoretically you could key in on that Viking stove and pop up with the model and here's Correct. information, here's how much it costs, here's how much it costs to replace it. So that could be nice. if, you're, if you still have the in-person experience, like that's how you could over right. enhance it. But then, yeah, you're talking about like having a digital twin – Having an agent be the the virtual avatar and be able to answer me, that like back no and forth. Just have me. Like no one even knows right? I'm not working. Exactly. I just have a clone of me. They can mm-hmm. email me. I respond. Yep. With the average verbiage I'm going to use anyway, with the mm-hmm. correct information. Right. If they want to go, if they want to see me on the film, it's my avatar talking with a voiceover, and I'm asking the questions right. like the Roblox that you text with right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally get I get to do the same sales, the same work. But I'm at the beach. Why right. can't we think of AI to help us do nothing? <laughs> well, that's where <laughs> help I do us think be lazy. for real estate agents, <laughs> right. especially like AI is going to be a great virtual assistant. What AI is going to do is it's going to democratize a lot of tools to make people more productive. So when I talk about like an industry being cold a little bit, it's being cold to the people who don't want to adopt that and make it part of your business. Right. Even if you're like an individual agent with no team, no assistance – you could potentially use some of these AI tools and build out a virtual team and do as much business as if you had two or three people with you. Like that's the future and that's what people could get to. And that is the positive of it. That's good. Because it could help you do more while still maintaining your life balance, still maintaining your business profit. Right. You know what's good about being 60? You're much younger. Nothing. Exactly. (laughs) Zero. Your you're, feet hurt. You're not 90. Experience. That's the only good thing. No, that you that you and I, and probably a lot of people listening, maybe not, experience what it was like to not have cable TV and then get cable TV, to not have phones without a cord and they cordless phones. I, we didn't even have a color TV. I mean, it went from we black no, and white yeah, to we, color. Yeah, we had nothing. So, but, but we're what, much more happy but, I, but I want, But what I want to, the <laughs> thing I want to point out is that the technology moved slower, but this AI, it just seems like it's ramping up much faster than than we went from an operator that plugged it in to just 
talking and or, or looking on a search engine. The GPT, uh, when it went up, mm-hmm. I think it had like a million subscribers like within two days or something. It was one of the fastest the downloaded fa- apps ever. Right. Yes. Right. So, yeah, Mark's talking about they, – they always talk about like in 1950, you had this computer system that took mm-hmm. up this whole room. Right. And, it, and then it went really quick and then you got the microchip. Yep. And now we're all like, well, we're fast. That was fast compared to history of us, humans. Mm-hmm. But now we're at this other level where it's going to go yeah, it's, so much more faster. Like no one knows how to react because it's like maybe the robots will take over. What do we do? Surrender? Well, and that's – it is going to keep getting faster because part of what AI is doing today, it has been doing since it's been around, is they're using the, the programs and algorithms that are being created around AI to augment the humans. To, the, to increase that productivity. So that is definitely, we've definitely seen a lot of increase in that, but that's because computers have helped us build our own processing capabilities and move that quicker and quicker. Um, so that being said, like they still have not surpassed us. They still need someone to tell them what to do. Right. That's, For now. That's going to be the key. Like, does that ever right. get past Well, here's a, here's a story. So recently, a Russian jet fired a flare at a U.S. Predator drone. Right. And these dr- predator drones, you've seen them. They're big. Mm-hmm. They're like an airplane. Right. They're equipped with missiles and stuff, and they're being controlled by somebody in a different state. Right, the and it's, it's Yeah, and that joystick is if you turn right in that wherever you are, it turns right. Right. And when that happened, they didn't – the drone didn't do anything. And so, uh, I heard a congressman or somebody on TV say, well, maybe we should mount them with sidewinder missiles so if they do get attacked again, they can defend themselves because it's, it's like government thing. But there may be a point Dog when that drone has intelligence right. and decides on its own right. to fire. And then now you're having machines making the determination to kill another human being. Right. So how, how is it? There's how a is documentary that? on that called Something About Robots and mm-hmm. Killer Kill Robots. robots. Yeah. Oh, I saw that's a good well, show. To lower the risk stakes a little bit, but to still like go mm-hmm. on that example you said – with image recognition that I talked about earlier, we use it for compliance today. So like one of the rules in a lot of MLSs is you aren't allowed to have people in your photos, right? That you don't Why is that? Worried about like rights and usage and things like that because you have to have like model releases, things of that nature. So it's just a lot of extra work. So that's a typical rule in most MLSs. And we have a compliance tool now that automatically checks for it with this image recognition. But what it does is it can't tell the difference between a real person and a picture of a person. So we actually had to dial the the, the basically like the dial the strength of it back a little bit because it was pulling all these false positives because there were pictures, pictures on or the paintings wall. in the yeah. background, right? Um, so to your point about the drones, like it's not at a point where you trust it enough yet. Even like with Teslas, they still haven't hit full self-driving no. capability because if you don't have really well-painted lines on the road, Correct. it loses track of it there. It has some troubles with um, not being on highways. Like there's still a long ways to go. But that doesn't mean I still would never say it's out of the realm of possibility because of how quickly we have moved even since like the early 2000s and how much the computing power has picked up. And that's just with regular computing power. Um, not the subject of this top of this podcast today, but if you started looking into quantum computing and if we ever crack that, that's going to increase our speeds even more because that's a completely different level of processing that's a power big and word. Yeah. That's a big word. I, I don't even say that. Reminds me of math class. I just got, <laughs> I just got math phobia. Leap, I'm not, I don't even oh, quantum. Yeah. That just put me in a Remember there was a TV series <laughs> called Quantum Leap, I yes. think. Yeah. Go into remote dimensions. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a while ago. Quantum mm-hmm. Leap. See, I still have a memory. Yeah, that's a good. A little bit. So what, so what advice do you give? So you go around and you give, because I, 
I, th- I find you fascinating. Okay, so well, thank you. And, and I know you've been around, you've been around the U.S., mm-hmm. but maybe even internationally. But what's your main uh, focus? Who who calls you out? What do they want from you? Mm-hmm. What kind of panels are you typically on that you find yourself? And and how do you benefit the audience? Mm-hmm. So right now, uh, most of the panels are at industry conferences within the real estate industry, for sure. Talking to um, MLS executives, MLS staff. Uh, I like to go on different brokerage panels when they have that opportunity. So I talk to national brokerages, local brokerages, individual agents, talk with teams. And it's not just the panels. Like there are a lot of one-on-one meetings or group meetings, things like that too. Zoom has been you know, a wonderful thing to be able to extend that and get to more people. Um, but those conversations really are on of the topic of, the, of whatever the moment is. And right now it is AI. And a lot of what I'm covering with AI, at least in this really early stage, is here's the positive things you could do. So think about the stuff that you don't like to do, the stuff you'd like to automate, the stuff you'd hire an assistant for. Um, I like to use the example of like, think about what your hourly wage is as the agent and think about what you pay someone to do that. And that's how you get rid of the work and decide where it goes. But I also caution them about understanding that this is an area that is not well-defined legally. And there's a lot around copyright and ownership that is very much up in the air. Uh, about the only thing we really do know for sure is that if a computer has fully created it, if an algorithm has fully created it, it cannot be copyrighted. Right, it's not a person. Right. So if you put a prompt in to ChatGPT and it writes you something that you're going to commercialize and you want it to be a unique differentiator oh, for you. They can take it. Anyone can take it. And right, use it's it. open. You could create open an AI. entire marketing campaign for yourself. Right. And if you didn't change it at all and couldn't copyright it, your competitor down the street could just steal your campaign and do the same thing. So that's where, and it's tough because the line of what's copyrightable versus what's not often isn't decided until you get sued. Right. (laughs) So it's decided by the courts. Right. Unless it's challenged. Yep. Yeah. Like like with disclosures, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. know that you didn't disclose something you're supposed to. Right. Like like the lady with the ghost. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Until you... Until you find out you should have disclosed it, you're just like, I don't know. And then the other thing to think about, too, is what information are you putting in? So is it confidential or private information? And have you looked at that terms of use? Uh, As an example, uh, Google doesn't let people in their organization use ChatGPT anymore unless it's on personal computers because anything you put into ChatGPT helps inform their answers, their prompts, so it becomes their information. That's what I was saying. Yeah. If you put in the wrong information, yes, that's where gonna, the astroturf can... comes in. Yeah. Oh, so so full circle. Here's a here's <laughs> another question because it's good. Yeah. I'm saying you're really good. I'm I'm get learning a lot out of this. So we're eight billion people in the world. Mm-hmm. The United States is four percent, roughly four something percent, and it's what country would you say? is the most advanced in AI right now? Like who's who's leading the charge in this? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of other, there's a lot of countries that have some really smart people that. If I had to guess, I'd say China for sure, just because of the amount of resources, the amount of people, and the fact that they've had this as a goal for their country for many years at this point. Uh, technology in general, not just artificial intelligence, but technology in general has been a strong focus for them. And, you know, they 
they've always they've had this reputation for a long time of bringing in tech companies from the United States, having them there for a few years, ripping off their patents and then kicking them out. That's happening less and less because they've gotten their internal teams to be they the point us. where they can create this kind of stuff <laughs> right. on their own. Like they don't need to take it anymore. So now we can take it from them. Payback. Yeah. Well, it's it's true because that's that's where it, they started talking about uh, social credits mm-hmm. in China. So you, right? You know, that's crazy. Right. So if you don't pay your bill in time, you don't get to buy gas this week. Right. Or if you don't do this, you don't get to go watch the movie theater. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they are definitely advanced, but they also have because because it's communism, they could do whatever they want. The government can control this, right. and with America being free. If we don't want it, we get to a certain point where we're either going to protest or start burning down cities. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have that resistance there. So it seems like they would be more advanced because they have a more cooperating group of citizens that can't really fight the government. And I would say they'd be more advanced in the directions, to your point, that the government wants them to go in. Right. Whereas what the difference in the United States, I think, would be in a lot of cases is we may be more advanced in areas that are completely outside of the realm of what people thought were possible because we have people who are just like dreaming up ideas and I'm yeah. going to do it because I don't no have anyone telling it. me right. what to do, right? So I do think they're very advanced in, in many ways, but I do think from a creative standpoint, and that'll be what's interesting about artificial intelligence is as, because things like automation affected, you know, the working class, the blue collar class, factories, things like that. Art, artificial intelligence is going to affect the upper middle class, white collar, knowledge workers, like that's what artificial intelligence is going to change. But even with automation, yes, people lost jobs, but the overall job market did not lose jobs. Right. Right. We didn't have millions Correct. of people suddenly not working ever again, right? Just switched. They Just did something find, different. It had to switch to something different. change your skills. It's going to be the same thing with AI, I believe. Right. I believe too. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have fewer people working. I right. think it, there'll be more opportunity to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like because when computers first came out mm-hmm. and email, they said, we're going to make your job easier because now you have easier ways to communicate. And it seems like that made us work 100 times harder. Nobody's working less because of computers and emails. You just got more stuff stacked. Right. So I say the fear of them taking over, robots taking us over, it, it hasn't happened. It doesn't happen. The, the smarter the robots get, the more work we have to do to yep. keep up. So it's, it doesn't seem like anyone lost their job like we all mm-hmm. thought. I don't know Without if, the post office, is going to close. Oh yeah, no one's going to mail a letter anymore. Right, right. Like, it, They'll just send it an email. There's a line every day outside my post office. Everyone's mailing yeah. And you always want to be careful about using the past to predict the future because at some point that's going to bite you. But that's at the correct. same time, like because you're going we as humans always find something to do, it seems like. Right. Like we find a We're way. Bored. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're bored. Yeah. We want more stuff. I like it. I think the way I look at it, like I um, – I have a child who's disabled. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you know that uh, artificial intelligence may be able to take all these – things are doing at universities, a study here at Duke, the study at Harvard, a study at Yale, the, the Chinese, the globally, like who's working on the cure for like mm-hmm. cancer or cerebral palsy or some type of mental uh, disability and what chemicals are they using and everything combined to make the actual solution or a pill that doesn't get rid of your pain, mm-hmm. but it's not addicting, doesn't ruin your kidneys, doesn't ruin your liver. And all these are computations, right? They're all mm-hmm. mathematical equations with chemistry and matter on how to produce a chemical that will cure this. So it seems like hopefully that artificial intelligence will come out to help us help the health industry, like like more than it ever has before, because we don't have to go send another group out to the Amazon rainforest to figure out what kind of plants can mix with each other. Countless hours in a lab could just take all that and say, 
which one works for this and maybe let those computers figure it out. And then you have a more, uh, a program that you can like, you can go to like Duke university and the study is based mm-hmm. on artificial intelligence, which cuts out all this chatter and starts there. I That's love, I love that example because there's a great book called the checklist manifesto. Um, I've read it. Okay. Yeah. So it's about a surgeon who right. needs a checklist. About, yes. like, they have a really simple right. checklist to make right. sure they don't miss anything. Right? right. But the reason why I like that book and why I thought of it when you were telling that story is the surgeon that wrote the book goes into great detail about how there's not really general practitioners anymore. Everyone is specialized. They're specialized, right. You got to have a team of people exactly. because there's just too much information for any one person to know. That is, I agree completely. That's where AI could come in is it could take all of those different opinions, all those different facts, bring it together and say, you know, based on the fact that you went to this doctor, this doctor, this doctor, and this doctor reported these symptoms, taking these drugs and how they all mix together, you're 99.7% likely to be this. That, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and it, it includes your blood type. Right. It includes your family history. It includes the DNA examples since we're all doing 23 million DNA right. anyway. So they got they go down into the, the individual. It, mm-hmm. It'll be a medicine that is designed for that individual just like we, we have different thumbprints. Right. You know, like everyone has a little bit different. The way we mm-hmm. eat food, the way we metabolize food, the way we see they have, our they're colors. They're working on that. It's called CAR-T, chimeric um, receptor T, T cell. It's a hmm. cancer cancer cure where they pull out your blood and they spin your T cells and they make it yeah, just but they're doing specifically. It, for, but it's very labor intensive. That's what I mean. They're doing it old school. So what I'm right. th- what I'm hoping is AI takes it and even says and figures hey, it out. In order to right. get that blood, you got to mm-hmm. create this machine. Right. <laughs> you guys are doing it wrong. This is how you separate that. Right. Like like we have to really use it for extremely positive things. I, I, there's always going to be biological warfare. Like, you know, mm-hmm. wh- if I take mustard gas and this gas and this gas, how, how do I smuggle it in? What compounds create that evil side? You went dark. Yeah. You just went dark. That was way really dark. deep. the black shirts today. Yeah. So you went way deep. Men dark. in black. On, on that one. All right. <laughs> well, I saw, I saw that on that robot. This where I came yeah. and watched a show about killer robots and they, they had that. They, they, they did a test where, you know, what is the best compound mm-hmm. to get out to destroy civilization and it gave like 10,000 ways oh, wow. and they go, Oh, we don't want that. Uh, and, but it was already out there. And then they realized Moss casserole. Yeah. My mom. <laughs> yeah that's, uh, you know, she's going to hear this more. Oh, sorry, Ma, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's no good. more casserole for you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the health industry, I think really benefits from that. You know, instead of WebMD, it's, you know, AIMD right. for the doctors. Right. So instead you of the patients having to look it right. up, like the doctors, no, I think the doctors actually benefit a lot from this because now instead of them having to research text or go through the, the search engine themselves and trying to find these answers or interface with other specialists, like having all that information at your fingertips, especially because of how much things have changed and so quickly in the health industry, it helps, I think, make them better at what they do because they have access to it more. And I think that's a really good analog to another industry that gets changed a ton by AI, which is the legal industry. I really think the legal industry, if you're a junior associate that is doing a lot of the research and writing of the briefs, right. like, things like that, do that, you don't have to do that. And how many of those junior associates do the partners need to hire anymore? Because could you hire a couple and just have them really trained well on an a, a legal version of ChatGPT that accesses the LexisNexis database and pulls through all those? Or will case they laws? just or just do it themselves? How's right? the educational system going to work if you? Well, I can like, tell you. Well, typically, when you're going to get, I'll give an example. Then you could tell me. 
you want to get a PhD. So the difference between your master's and you're going to PhD, you have to write a thesis, you have to write a book. Mm -hmm. So you just feed all your information to ChatGPT. Please write me a thesis statement on this and you turn it in. Well, they have this scrubbers now that, that, that tests, but there's they, another thing called yeah. undetectable AI. Oh, that's saying they have the scrubbers, but it's funny. They use one of those, and you know what they said was written by AI? What? The Declaration of Independence came out oh, as written I by AI. I knew those guys falsified that. <laughs> they were they aliens. Were, they were like in their yeah. 20s. There's no way they could write that well. We can also yeah. ask it about But you, can have a, you can't have a more perfect union because if it's perfect, how can you make it more perfect? Because perfect is perfect. Mm. Now we're getting philosophical. I like this. <laughs> it's going down a constitutional route. <laughs> So anyways, for education, I think it's going to really change the way teachers teach. Oh, my God. Okay, let me go back. Before education, okay. the doctors. Yes. I call up WebMD. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting in line for the doctor. Hey, how are you? I'm a PA now. You know, so I was a physician's assistant. Mm -hmm. You never get the doctor. No, not anymore. <laughs> hey, I got the sinus infection. I got this. I got this. Let's eliminate the doctor. Mm -hmm. Put in an avatar. They talk to me. They go, hold on, Frank, let me pull up your history. It's in their brain. They don't need to look at anything. It's already there. Oh, it looks like you tried this, you tried this, you got a good result from this. Uh, it starts asking a question. It goes, okay, I got the pharmacy. Go pick up these drugs. See you later. Bye. And it's done. The doctors even have to be involved. Right. So that's, that's, that's the part where you kind of go like, hmm, because they've already done studies where if you give the AI information about a surgery and you give the same information to the doctors, the AI beats them eight out of 10, like the right thing to do, the mm -hmm. right procedures to take. So doctors better catch up or use AI, you know, <laughs> to help them because it seems like if I'm going to ask a question about my own right. problems that they already have a medical, they can, they can screen me. I give them access to my medical history since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. AI can figure out a better solution for me than a PA that just gets online that doesn't know it's me. Gonna, it's going to have to change the way the so the degrees. teachers what were you well it's going well now that you said that I mean I'm thinking does somebody really need to get a history degree when you can just ask AI about history and get all the answers like and the probably better and faster can you what what happened in the war of 1812 and it just right. just spits it all out and you can just do it yeah and and also do I really need to learn do I need really need to learn a second language I can just use my phone right and go talk just talk and it and the phone just translates phone for it. you. Like as I'm talking to someone who's speaking Japanese, I'm speaking English. It's already going. But it's there coming live out right in Japanese or so, talking to me. So that was that Star Trek yeah. thing, the Universal Translator. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you're getting at the core of what AI eventually could do for the human race, which is you don't have to need to do things anymore. You want to do things. I think that's one of the biggest changes that could come about. Like, I won't need to learn a second language. Will I want? to learn a second right. language because I can do something for personal satisfaction and fulfillment, not because I have to anymore. Do I need to learn history? No. But the but thing is, the to. thing is with second language acquisition is that you can, if you're at a, at a child, this is when you start mm -hmm. building your vocabulary. So it's, it's much more difficult to learn a second language when you're 40 right. versus learning a second language when you're 10 or 11. And that's how you become bilingual or trilingual. Right. So for the older generation, they'll be like, well, I, I got to travel to Spain. I don't speak Spanish. I'm not going to take this course for eight months to try and say, where's Donde están los baños? <laughs> <laughs> Probably said that wrong. 
I did. Donde esta la smoke? Yeah, where's Maybe the kitchen? Right. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, That's not where my kitchen yeah. is. Where's yeah. the kitchen? If you think my kitchen is my bathroom, you're not w- coming to you dinner in my get, house. You wouldn't get it wrong. <laughs> right. Really. So, but it's it's fascinating because we went from just re- real estate is going to change. Yeah. I mean, 100%. How people well, buy and that's sell. That's what our guest is here to tell us. So, so what's the what's biggest? Let's get, let's get down to right, real estate. Right. right. What's going to happen in the next three years in real estate? So in the Nothing, next- something? No, definitely something for sure. Uh, in the next three years in real estate, you're going to see, because we've already got the early adopters moving in who are using ChatGPT and similar tools to write listing descriptions. They're creating CMAs out of there. They're creating marketing campaigns. They're creating video education. Um, They're creating imagery for their marketing collateral. So that is happening today with early adopters. So as those people pick up and they get business, which they're already getting business from it, you're going to see the rest of the industry start to follow and and adapt that as well. Um, Then from the MLS side, we have to start thinking about, okay, what can we do to collaborate together to build big enough data sets that could create other cool products using AI techniques? So that's the conversation that's happening at an MLS level now is how much data do we need? Is our data unique enough? And what could we build off of that? Um, And a lot of the focus on that is going to be around things like listing inputs and making that easier. So tools that make it more easy and more effective for agents with the idea that the less time you have to spend on some of those, the more time you could spend on theoretically generating more business, creating more transactions, and increasing the amount of business that's actually being done. So basically like growing the size of the pie, right? Because right now in, in the US, we usually do about five and a half million to six million transactions a year. And most of the money that's come into the industry in the prior two or three years has been focused on taking that five million and growing it to seven million or eight million. So that's where you're gonna see a lot of AI tools focused is how do we create efficiency so you can have more transactions. Now, it's not just that that's going to work. You also need then now to address the affordability problem. That's going to be a really interesting piece to take a look at because I don't know how much AI really helps that at this point. Uh, But there's going to be someone really, really smart out there that takes a look at things and says – Maybe there is a way to figure this out. Maybe there is a way to create finance, you know, have creative financing that's built off of AI models. Maybe there's a way to understand what commercial pockets have dropped considerably, what cities and municipalities have favorable conversion rules to turn that into residential and use those to help identify investment opportunities to go after. For sure, they're going to use it for that. For sure, they're going to use it for that because they Mm -hmm. do it right now on the lower level, like what neighborhoods are getting gentrified and. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going over here? Where's the right. best place to invest? So we, we, we tell that to our clients right now. Yep. If you're looking for a house that you want to, you know, be in a certain neighborhood that you pick, mm-hmm. you can do that. If you're looking for an investment, well, I'll show you other places that you can invest. Yep. And I guarantee it's or not guarantee, but it'd probably go up yep. real estate. Sales you know how this so AI far. and real estate are going to connect? I mean, AI, real estate, and education. So one thing AI is not going to be able to replace is the electrician, the plumber, the roofing contractor. The right. guy who actually has to be there. It's not going to replace a surgeon to well, some degree. Well, the AI and robots. So if you can get robots ambulatory enough to do those kind of things. Yeah, so you're thinking – you're still thinking like a six-year-old. <laughs> Mama. Like, you have to remember <laughs> when you have these robots, like they just approved the first dog, you know, police dog in L.A., which I can't believe they, they could do that. Because it's a freaking I saw that dog. machine. It's oh. not a dog. It looks gnarly yeah. too. Know, it looks with crazy the, with the big jaws. jaws. How, how do you – It looks horrible. How could you like turn You don't that want that a, thing to bite somebody. Right. That's like – And it runs and it, fa- it, it, not, it falls – lasers out of its eyeballs too. <laughs> no. Well, you can, I think you I can want sharks with lasers on its head. <laughs> yeah. You cannot 
chase somebody with a mechanical police dog and call it anything humane. That's no. scary. You might as well run them over with a car. Right. I mean, there's exactly. some machinery coming at you with but hydraulic But the, the dog flipped over on its back and yeah. righted itself. Yeah. It did so, kicked its legs. You rub its belly and it'll stop. <laughs> yeah, it has a weak spot. You just got to carry a can of oil around and squirt it. And yeah, peed oil on my lawn. <laughs> Pee's grease. <laughs> got to get a magnet for a pooper scooper. Exactly. <laughs> Poops nuts. Couple bolts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so th- this is going crazy. I do believe that what's needed, I think, is a whole uh, a new thought process in how uh, commercial b- yep. buildings are sold because it's still the wild, wild west in the commercial. And that's mm-hmm. why there's always like I do residential and I do commercial because they are so – you're still selling properties. Yes. You're still a neighborhood. But why is it so different? Because – it's just a whole different. What's the difference between driving a car and driving a tr- semi truck? Mm-hmm. Both have driver's licenses. Both. Vehicles. Yeah, but it's 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 more like you're driving the truck with not a lot of rules. You know, right? This, guy's, <laughs> this guy has a stoplight, stop, light, stop yes. sign, speed, this train. Exactly. Get out of my way. Right. So I think in order to get to track more uh, commercial problems, mm-hmm. like we're seeing in San Francisco right now, like. There's deserted buildings. How do we convert those to maybe homeless shelters? Whatever they're figuring out, it's going to spread all over the U.S. So I think AI can help solve that. Also, I'd like to see AI, which kind of has to do with real estate. I'm stretching it. But maybe they could, maybe AI can figure out how to solve the homeless crisis. You know, like mm-hmm. like I would really like to see a solution because I, I, I'm i in a position where I get to um, interview politicians that want to do things and give them endorsements or not. And what I see is that they all say we have a homeless crisis. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. We have a – so it's a crisis. We have a border crisis. We have a this crisis. Well, you have a crisis, but your solutions are all about the same. Mm-hmm. We got to house them. We got to build more housing. We got to check on them. We got to feed them. We got to put them back in society. But no solution has worked. And no matter how much money they're dumping into it, San Diego is a perfect example. LA is a perfect example. Uh, Washington State. San Francisco, the more money we've been throwing at this problem, the the, the faster it grows. Mm-hmm. It gets worse. So money's not the solution. So what is the actual solution to solve homelessness? Because we can't call it – we keep saying we're the greatest country in the world and we're stepping over human in, in, in really nice neighborhoods. It's not like it's hidden. Right. It's in our face. We're watching people die on the street. We're watching this fentanyl overdose everywhere. It's like the walking zombies. It's scary now. It's not that it's like the homeless person that needs help. It's a lot of violent people are out there mm-hmm. as well. So I hope AI helps us solve that because that would also solve – homelessness will help solve real estate, will help yep. solve – it's all related. Absolutely. And I'm not going to be able to solve that today for sure. Right. <laughs> what I will say is like that is a good example though of what AI could be applied to to try and find solutions is you have to take these really complicated problems right. that have a ton of different inputs, a ton of different outcomes, a ton of different possibilities. Right. And it's something that a human can't do on their own. You need a lot of humans thinking together, right. like really attacking it. And that's where AI comes in because it can be a lot of humans together. It exactly. can think about that and try and come billions. up with solutions and pull those solutions together. Right. So Millions of people. Know, absolutely. So yeah, I think that it'd be interesting to see, can it recommend solutions, which it would just be drawing on the knowledge of maybe there, you haven't asked the right person in the room yet. Like to your point that we just kind of keep coming up with the same solutions over and over again. Right. Maybe that's because we haven't brought in the right viewpoint that's going to give us that unique solution there has or to be solve a piece Like of the it, drug right? you were talking about. Yeah, every, all the information come and go. This is what you need to make. Right, this right. is for you. This is this is the one. And this machine will make it mm-hmm. at no cost or yep. whatever because 
we figured it out mm-hmm. after a while. I, I see it. I see being really good in the medical field for sure mm-hmm. because you already have robotics, right. and uh, you got you got robots doing hearts. You got mm-hmm. robots climbing around. You got that nanotechnology. Which whatever happened to that? Everyone's talking about nanotechnology, and and uh, another one is uh, stem cell research. Mm-hmm. So you have these like embryonic stem cells that come from a baby's umbilical cord before it's cut. You get those are the ones you want apparently. Uh, they're doing other stem cells which you can use for other reasons, but I guess the embryonic stem cells are the the ones that you want to hoard, which I happen to have, and they're sitting frozen in a place in Arizona. And every time I want to use them, like they say, they could go beyond the blood-brain uh, barrier. They found out that they can't. Hmm. So maybe more research to say, are these stem cells really as important as we thought? Because I, this has been going on for like 10, 20 years now, and I don't see any th- that thing great. You'll see like this crazy movie out of another country mm-hmm. that looks all blurry and the Kids not walking, then walking. That's I don't believe any of that crap. I think it's all propaganda. So I'm hoping that you it would be able to do that. So solve a lot of problems. Solve a lot of a problem. But the other so what we're going to talk about is more like how can an agent? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is advice to an agent because you're going around talking right. about real estate. Talked about real estate. How can they benefit from AI right now? What what programs? Maybe don't. Yep. Maybe no. Maybe don't know. But what can they go online right now and go? Hey, this program will help me sell more houses and increase my money because there's a lot of agents out there that are stressed because there's not a lot of inventory. We all know that. That's probably across the country right now, but really in Southern California, San Diego, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to buy. Absolutely. How can they do that? So whenever you have a low market and you have low inventory and you're you're working for business, that's when it becomes more important to create more content and keep reaching out to your sphere, right? To keep talking to your past clients, to referrals, try and generate business, try and generate new business. And one of the things in real estate marketing that's been talked about for years now, but still not a lot of people are taking advantage of is video marketing because most people are uncomfortable on camera. They don't want to do it, but real estate's a very personal business, really re- relationship-based, and video helps a ton. So... How can AI help you if you're worried about being on camera? There's digital twin technology. There's a company called Synthasia, where right now you could record 10 minutes of footage for a thousand bucks. And then from that point on, you have your own digital twin. And all you do is you just type in your script of, I want to say this for 30 seconds, say this for a minute. And it creates the videos for you. No longer you have to go into a studio. You don't have to remember It looks like you talking. Looks like you, talks like you. It's still not perfect. There's a, a phenomenon called the uncanny valley which I don't know if you've heard of that before. The Uncanny Valley, if you've ever seen the movie The Polar Express, is like the most- We call that El Cajon. (laughs) (laughs) So the Uncanny Valley is when you look in eyes of a CGI-generated creature, person, whatever it is, and you can tell like there's no depth there, right? Like there's nothing there. It's definitely a robot, definitely a machine. And this was really true in Polar Express because Polar Express was very photorealistic for its time. But as soon as you looked at the eyes, you're like, yeah, that looks just creepy. And the Uncanny Valley is actually a phenomenon from way, way back. And it's a survival mechanism for us as humans where if we saw something that didn't look quite right in the eyes, we knew to stay away from it because maybe they were sick and had some kind of contagion or some kind of plague or maybe they were some kind of danger to us. So that's what the Uncanny Valley is. That still exists today, even with Synthesia. And there's some other things too, like micro expressions. As you're watching our faces, we're all moving our mouths. We're making like little crinkles on our cheeks. Your eyebrows are moving up and down. They don't quite have that without a lot of extra work on those digital twins. That being said, if you're shooting like quick Facebook videos or you're sending out email videos and you aren't doing it and you want to do it, this is a super easy way to get into it, create a bunch of video content. And all you're doing is that first 10 minutes and then you're never in front of a camera again. 
Wow. So it's really, really easy to get started with something like that. What's so it called? Synthesia is the name Synth- of the company that we've been looking at the most. So S-Y-N-T-H-E-S-I-A. We'll and attach that to our Did you own. see the video of the guy who acted like he was Tom Cruise? Yes. Yeah. It looked just like TikTok. I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he put, they put Tom Cruise on this guy's face, a Tom Cruise impersonator, and you think it's him. Right. Like there's, there's a no video from, no. I think it was the Jimmy Kimmel show. And it's Bill Hader that's on the show. Mm-hmm. He's you know from Barry and SNL. He does great impersonations. One of his best ones is of Al Pacino, like dead on with the voice. Sounds exactly like him. And what they did in this clip was they used that of Bill Hader doing the voice impersonation, but then they did the deep fake of Al Pacino over him, his face Perfect. on it. And there was a couple times where he turned and like it didn't quite turn exactly with it, but it was pretty amazing like how close it was. So if you're a celebrity, that's why. Well, that's one of the reasons you're going actor, on strike. Yeah, I, I know that one of the biggest reasons was for the extras. For 200 bucks, they were essentially signing away their likeness for future AI-generated material in perpetuity. That was one of the biggest reasons why oh, they struck. I wonder they're on strike. Yeah, yeah. they, don't, they want their cool. face. Right. Yeah. Let me take your face and you go homeless. You'll be in one of those tents. And we can just use your face anytime. And we're just going to use your face so, and make money. Really cool. Talk about you know people being like James Cameron. You mentioned him earlier and how he foresaw a lot of this. Uh, Jet Li, famous martial yeah, artist and actor. Jet so Jet Li was supposed to be in The Matrix and did not do it. And when we they asked why, he said because they wanted to be able to take all of the recordings of all my martial arts and own that forever. And then they were going to use that to put that. Basically, they'd hire a bunch of stunt actors and then put Jet Li's face on it and use that like his movements to help program that in. So that was back what Matrix was yeah, twenty while plus ago. years ago. Was and it 20? Not 20, 20? it's over 20 years old now at this point. Wow. I think it was 90s, late 90s, if I remember right. So. Follow the White Flies. Rabbit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jet Li wasn't in that movie <laughs> because even then, the studios were trying to get him to sign off on his, basically his movements, his likeness. Well, that's what I mean. Like Hollywood always seems to be like like guys mm-hmm. like James Cameron. Yeah. They in Every one of their movies, whether it's Terminator, this guy comes from the future and comes mm-hmm. back and he's, and he's half – you know, skin, you know, half um, an organism mm-hmm. and the other has is steel and programming his mind. And it seems like that would be from that would go from artificial intelligence into it's going to cross over to intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like there's at, well, what, that's artifi- at, that's... at what point is it artificial if there's like growing skin on somebody, mm-hmm. their organism, right. then it becomes what organism intelligence. Well, and then you get in the philosophical questions of yeah. what is a human? What yeah, is can a soul? I marry well, they're growing yeah. meat. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? Can you marry an avatar? Yeah. You can. Yeah. You can? Is that, is that absolutely is that a thing now? <laughs> I don't know. Anything you can buy them. like that, but <laughs> can you marry more than they one have those avatar? Frank, they have those fake dolls. That they're like, Oh, can you marry those? I think so. But not it, only in California and in know. New York, <laughs> the other States, they won't let you. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. But exactly. back to real estate, like the video is a great example. Two other predictions that I'd make that we'll see in the next three years, because I do think there are other things coming. One of the things real estate doesn't have that a lot of other industries do is a good recommendation engine built off machine learning. And machine learning is like the most, probably one of the older forms of artificial intelligence, but it's what you see on Google when you type in something and it starts guessing what you're trying to do. It's when you go on Netflix and it tells you, I think you'd want to watch these movies or, you know, there's gotcha. a bunch of yeah, recommendations, right, right, right? Like that exists out there. You don't see a lot of that in real estate, right? Like that just doesn't exist as much for homes. So it recommend the home? Yeah, because in real estate, we're still searching. We're not necessarily finding. Right. Whereas with Netflix, like how often do you just brought, like, I shouldn't say that because I have, I'd like to do my uh, normal like Netflix scrolling and never actually pick a movie to go on, but I'm looking at all the recommendations they're giving me. Right. I'm not just looking through the A to Z list. 
We don't really have that in real estate that, yet, yeah, but great I think that's one. a big one that's coming. But I'll tell you, Frank, here's why. Yeah. Let's because, start a company. Because sometimes, and we've had this happen, a person will tell you what they want mm-hmm. and then buy something completely different because that's really what they wanted. We just yeah, don't know. difficult to right. recognize right. what would be appealing to them. So to get super nerdy for a while, the reason why we don't have that in real estate is because when you do that on Netflix, they don't need to have you tell them what you're doing because they track every single thing you do. Like every step oh, you take throughout Netflix, they know what you're doing. So if you put in Netflix, I want to watch Westerns, but all you're looking at is horror movies it's and mysteries, hor- it's going to give you those. So because, that's what I'm saying. But in real estate, we are dependent on what that person is telling us in a lot of ways to set up the searches and the criteria. Correct. And more and more sites, especially the larger portals, are doing things like tracking the entire journey and trying to come up with those recommendation engines. But that's what like an MLS needs to get better about doing for the agents because the consumer, if that continues to divide that way, the consumer is going to have more powerful tools than the agents. And one of the key values right. of an agent. There's no value to the well, they almost, well, I'll tell you, yeah. the, 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 the public online search sites, I, a lot of realtors – will use those mm-hmm. instead of even using the ones we have because they say right. they just have just more in information. Google and you get it right away. Yeah. Right, but I don't think it'll ever replace the agent. I mean, this is everyone who has an agent, let's go to mm-hmm. ball players. Uh, it seems like, let's just do this on a computer. We, why do we need this agent to negotiate? There's, I always think you need an agent to negotiate because you're mm-hmm. dealing with number one, a huge investment because people think like, Oh, we're buying a house. We're well, not buying a house. It's the biggest investment you ever make. It's hundreds of thousands of multi millions of dollars that you have to, who are you going to trust? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to have in your corner making sure you don't screw up? You're not going to buy that many houses. Right. It's not like you bought 30 houses and, okay, I got this. It's mm-hmm. usually one or two houses in a lifetime for your average person. Right. You'll always have to have a human there. Mm-hmm. And you're, and even if it is a robot that asks all the information or you can go get all the information, you always have to have backup. Well, yeah. Especially when you're dealing with elderly, Mark, because, you know, when you're dealing with elderly they, there's times where they could be on medication. You got to make sure they're not abused. Right. You got to make sure they're not taking advantage of Right. And what kind of robot's going to do that on a computer? Like, are not, you on your well, meds? No. That's what I'm saying is not now. I don't think they're going to be replaced. I don't no, I don't think we're going to replace. We're not going to. It's like you're not going to replace a school teacher because there's a certain nurturing aspect of having a u- human. Humans have to interact. That's why we go to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't all eat in our house. Exactly. It's like the reason why everybody who has a home gym never works out at home. Right. You want to go where people are. It's like I can have all the beautiful equipment and I, I, I can – my stereo – Yeah, know we're, we're – The uh, treadmill always ends herd. up as being we're, a hanger. We're tribal. Mm-hmm. We we're like tribal, to be in right. little tribes and like to interact. Okay, that well, makes the numbers, The numbers back you up on what you just said about real estate agents because millennials a decade ago, everyone said this is the death of real estate agents. Like millennials are the first tech-enabled generation. They're going to use computers to search for everything. They don't want to talk to people. They want to make things cheap. And the amount of agents being used by sellers has actually increased – with the millennial generation moving into that home buying phase. So millennials completely flipped the script on what a lot of people thought they would do. It, and even right. though they had all this information, it actually turned into like information overload and they needed someone to help them decipher it and analyze it. So I, it, and it's really interesting. It'll be interesting to see if that holds true with Gen Z as well. Cause that'll be the next generation to move into. What home age buying. are Gen Z? I don't know. Uh, early twenties uh, are most of them right now. I don't, I'm, well, Depending on which expert you talk to, everyone's age ranges are a little bit different. But Gen Z are your teenagers and early twenties. Well, typically, what right we now. see now, no matter what, no matter how, no matter how you try to keep kids off a screen, mm-hmm. 
you can't anymore no. because the parents are just as bad. So oh, yeah. if you're going to try to give your kid four hours, you're doing eight to 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I know these people say, if you want to go, go to sleep really good, turn your phone off. I watch, I just doze off watching a movie every night. The first thing I do when I get up is if yep. any emergencies, uh, check your email. So that's me and I'm 60. So imagine the kids mm-hmm. who are learning everything on an iPad. Right. They're going to have that mental capacity to go into AI much smoother than us. It's not going to be as new. But who knows what they're going to face? Because what happens after AI? Yeah. You know, like that's what I think like, okay, this is going to be a ride. Mm-hmm. Where is this going to take us? Hopefully somewhere good. But then what's after AI? Holograms. Yeah, all that. Yeah, holograms. Just instead of watching the TV, it's actually Live. in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. You're like, wow, that'd be cool. Well, I like that chip in the brain, even though everyone's scared of it. I mean, what if they get that wired where – like on the Matrix when that lady has to figure out how to drive, how to operate a helicopter. And she goes, hold on. Mm, she downloads <laughs> it in her brain. And then yeah. she goes, okay, let's go. She jumps in a helicopter. She knows how to fly it. So what if they can figure out how to do that in your head without mm-hmm. hurting you? Right. I mean, this is, I don't I'm think I'm going to stick a Frito in my ear later today. <laughs> Put a chip in my brain. Well, and I think you're talking about <laughs> another path we could go down, which is maybe it's not robots replacing humans or AI replacing humans. It's... The merging together of the two, you know, you and go. that could be another path that we go down is we eventually just find enough value out of it that we just put it together. Well, that's the only difference is just how do you put this right in your head? Oh, in your brain. Right. Without, or, Try not to shove it in your mind. manually through right. the ear. Well, yeah. also, <laughs> you see how much information that phone has now yeah. because we'll take it for granted like, okay, but the last thing I – one of the few things I use this for is actually phone calls, right? Right. You, you're getting your emails, you're looking up Google, you're getting text, you're getting mm-hmm. entertainment, you're doing everything. And then every once in a while, you, you actually talk to someone. All that is in this computer, all my database, everything mm-hmm. I can save. So if you could shrink that into that nanotechnology mm-hmm. and go, okay, I can put all that. Because everyone thinking like microchip is going to be in your brain the size of a quarter. What if it's the size of a cell? Mm-hmm. Like how do, you, how do you know just a little shot and all of a sudden right. you're like, whoa, the awakening. Yep. Well, though they do that with hearing a, a cochlear implant in the brain, it's an, it's a, I've seen that device on people's heads. Oh, that's cool. They so they can hear. There's, there's all it's not a hearing aid. It's something that's. that's that also. I mean, you have me. pacemakers keep your heart going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they are they're already sticking right, little exactly. machines in you, and then right. they have right. things for Absolutely. diabetes that you stick mm-hmm. on on right. your body they got stuff so they're getting close yes. they haven't broken the skin that deep yet right people just freak out when you stick something in the brain right. seems like if put in a chest right like if you have like a there's something called a baclofen feeder you know mm-hmm. so it goes diabetics right, right. They, they have, have a tube insulin they're fine all that but it seems like when you start talking about the brain people are like no don't do it not, mm-hmm. not yet but then, not then yet. can you stick it in a monkey's brain well forget make a monkey, a monkey what if, smart as a human like what if you can reverse someone who has a uh a, a brain injury or something. A right. brain injury from a traumatic brain this, injury. Yeah, step on a mind. Mm-hmm. Guys, not going anywhere anyway. Let's right. try it. Right. And they figure out, okay, this thing's fixing itself or helping. Mm-hmm. Oh. There has to be something we're, going we're, on we're, like that right we're, now. Yeah. Well, we like to go. We're down way these, off. We're way off the AI what? now. That's not a way off. That is AI. Ar- yeah, it That's is artificial, artificial intelligence. intelligence right. Building back the brain. Sure. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. everything we talk about is going to be AI today. It's just we're going all over the place because mm-hmm. it's so new, it's so exciting, it's right. so. Uh, so we're opportunity. August, twenty twenty three. Right. We're going to let's replay this in ten years. Now. No, a year from now. Yeah, you don't have to wait ten years. years. Yeah, it's going to be quick. And a year from now, we're going to go look at these guys. Mm-hmm. They didn't look they, what they were talking about. They were at the about. forefront of it. Yeah, they, they, those guys thought they were. talking But I'll tell you what. What what we do. 
So f- you do the AI. So what Frank and I are doing is we're, we're implementing the policies. Mm-hmm. So we're policy people. So we have to know about AI. We have to be experts in knowing about AI so that we implement those policies into the MLS and say, okay, this is what we're going to have it do. This is what we're going to not have it do. Right. Because to be able to manage and regulate AI is as important as its development. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't go out of control and starts firing missiles off at people. Right. That's the hardest part. Well, and that would be my other recommendation in real estate in the next three years is we will see some kind of massive lawsuits over misuse Correct. of AI. Like something has to be, whether it'll be an algorithmic bias that comes out, which there's already right. a couple of those kind of cases going on, but Correct. something more widespread. What do you mean by on. an algorithmic bias? So, Let's say you're using an AVM, uh, especially in the appraisal industry or in the loan industry. Like you're trying to originate a loan, uh, you're doing a refinance, whatever it might be, and you use um, an algorithm to help you decide that I'm going to give this person this rate. And you gave that person that rate and you think you did nothing wrong because all you do is you put in the data. Like you didn't have any subjective criteria yourself about it. But the algorithm was pulling things off of sources that were obje- that were not objective, that were subjective, that had some kind of redlining capability there. And that that happens today. Like there are lawsuits where appraisers right. were using that kind of software or mortgage companies were using that kind of software and they gave people in poor or disenfranchised communities worse rates even if they had the same credit profile but just because they were in that zip code, they were right. penalized. Well, they do that, that with the op- – they do that with automobile insurance. They tra- yep. track your zip code. Mm-hmm. You pay a higher rate if you're in a certain zip code because right. there's more accidents. Mm-hmm. Or they don't give it to you if you're in a certain zip code. That's the discrimination part. They're right. trying to Because it's just not fair. Because they see it's a heavily African-American population in that zip code based on ge- geographic data. Like, I think that's actually one of the cases that's out there right now. And you do have to – that's where – it is tough because these algorithms are still built by humans and you don't know what humans built it and what right. biases of their own they built right. into it. Because sometimes it's not even that it was malicious. It just might be from a complete lack of understanding. You right. know, if you have only two t- types of ethnic groups uh, represented in your programming team building an algorithm, what about all the rest and what right. are you missing? Well, that's that whole thing about when we're writing policies about diversity and equity right. and making sure that everything is going to be on a level playing field. Right. There's, versus diver- there's also – there's diversity mm-hmm. and there's cultural diversity, I think. Yeah. So diversity uh, definition would be um, understanding and acknowledging the differences of others. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's my definition. It's like, okay, we're different. We're right. cool. doesn't matter. You do your thing. I do my thing. Cultural diversity is understanding the different cultures. And that's important in real estate because mm-hmm. in many cultures, when somebody meets you, they want you to meet their family. They want to break bread mm-hmm. with you. They want to... Uh, you know, America is more like business and then pleasure, but right. most cultures are pleasure before we even think about doing business with you. Yeah, I want to be your friend first. Mm-hmm. You got to be trust my trust you. Yeah, if you're not, if you're not, if my brother doesn't like you, I can't do. I right. can't do. It. That's the cultural thing. Like these are my group, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then once you are in the circle, then you get everything. So it's like, it's kind of reverse. Like let's do this, and then we celebrate. But they go, no, let's celebrate and party. Then I figure out whether I'm going to hire you. Mm-hmm. So this is to all the agents out there. Understand diversity and understand different cultures to different things. So don't try to have one thing for every box because right. that's probably why you're missing out on a lot of things or missing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Connecting with people and their cultures right. and what they do and respecting them and understanding them 
as beautiful as a realtor because you do get to go in all these different houses, all these different homes. And then AI can help us take like the National Association of Realtors. They, they do a lot about discrimination, mm -hmm. uh, equity, equality. People don't even really know what equity means to this day because I ask agents and then I have to teach them what they know. And equality, two different things. Mm -hmm. And so that, putting that into a narrative will stop discrimination in, in another MLS. Right. So you have to incorporate all that to get something fair that everyone's being represented. And it could be done. Like people say, oh, you can't represent. Well, you can as a whole as part of a melting pot. But you got to make sure that all those people that were used to be mistreated, redlined, we know we, we know the history. Everyone has a northern We history. lived in it. Yeah, we right. lived in it. It was right. in the sick, born in right. 61. Right, right. If you're a black or a Jew, you couldn't live in La Jolla. Right. It was crazy until oh. Jonah Salk went there and goes, hey, I can't find a house. Yeah, like, that's so, and he, and so even weird. in the deed restrictions. And that's in California. Imagine how it was in the South. I mean, the guy just. Well, I'm sure that still exists uh, to some degree well, in places. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, hopefully they'll snuff it out. I mean, that's I think we're all. good here in San Diego. I, I don't know. We can't speak on that because we're not specialties because other people have different opinions. But right. I try to do my best. You know, like right. I do my best. Right. Right. Like, I don't know, Mark and I are. But you know what's really funny? Like, in some cultures, if you stare them in the eyes, it's rude. Mm -hmm. And then in some cultures, yeah, like the guy I wouldn't look it. me in the eye. I, right. can't, I can't trust the guy. He doesn't, he doesn't make eye contact. So I remember going to Europe. I was in a subway, and uh, this guy was just staring at me. And I'm like, okay, is, is he looking at me? He's looking right at me. And then I went, what's going on? He, it was Italian. He's like, well, excuse me. Like he didn't. He was surprised that I walked up to him. Like, what are you doing? They they stare in your eyes, but they don't mean anything by it. <laughs> Other people like me got offended. Like, why is this guy? They're just spaced out yeah, and just gonna, spacing out, looking at your eyes. Just, and, yeah. You know, it's a weird cultural you, thing. Like when you're at a restaurant, all right? Like I was at a restaurant and everybody got their food except one person because oh, the they like screwed up the order. So yeah, we're all yeah. sitting there going, do we start, do eating? We start eating now? Yeah. And my stuff's getting cold, you right, know? We're that. all looking at that person. I didn't get my stuff. I ordered it. And they're talking to the waitress. I'm like, damn. Everyone wants to dig in, but they're all. And then we had to get approval. Yeah, you had to wait she for them finally to tell goes, you. Yeah. No, don't wait for me. Right, Go ahead right. and eat. I'm like, Ah, shit's cold now. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. She asked you at the beginning. Right. That all I, 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 it was a, it was a Talk about digressing. The worst <laughs> thing is going to a dinner, like for someone's birthday, and not knowing if the whole group's going to pay together or you're going to get individuals. Oh, right. I always get ripped off in that scene. Like, mm -hmm. because I, like I'll order something and then it's like, Oh, can bucks. I tell you a story? What then happened? You got to throw in like a hundred bucks, but you don't want to look like the chump, right? You're putting a hundred, like. So, what would you do in this situation? This guy invites me to his birthday party, and he goes, "We're going to this microbrewery," and he's like, "Hey, try out this beer, you know." And there's like all these different beers. We're having beers, and I bought him a really nice warm-up suit, like a like a nice. He liked to jog, and so he's like, "Hey," and he's and he's it's his birthday party. It's only a handful, and then the bill comes, and he goes. All right, I guess we're gonna split this six ways. I'm like, but this is your this is your birthday party. He invited me I to a birthday party. I was super pissed. Yeah, like he invited me to his party. He ordered a bunch of stuff for me, and then wanted me to pay for it in addition. But I didn't say anything because yeah. my wife was like, "Don't say anything." I was like, "All right, I paid it." But then he, he invited me to his house because they didn't just diss the guy. And he was super hospitable. He goes, hey, I got this really good bottle of wine from my dad. I, want, I got it just for you. Yeah, and he like, know. he was like, to him, it was like. Yeah, some people do that. They that's what we do. Up. So I go, I'll give him a 
That's moron pass, you know, right, whatever. Right. Well, it goes around, comes around, right? You put good stuff out, you get Yeah, it was back. like, but yeah, he, he turned out not, but he turned yeah. out not to be that guy. Let's get AI to figure out how to have separate billing with people so it's not embarrassing. <laughs> oh my God. Where you can just go on your own phone, it texts you, and just yeah. put in your amount yeah. instead of like throwing it in there. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. So I had a robot serve me in Vancouver um, three weeks ago. Mark, don't talk about your wife like that. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, I really did. Just so kidding, Kent. I had, had a robot. So the, the, the waitress, she took all of our orders. And then when she came out, a robot was following her with all of the food on a tray. I have it on my video. I could show it to you. Yeah, we saw it. And then the, and then the robot followed her back yeah. to the thing. So it took out the three or four people who come out with that. Right. They don't have that, those people. Right. They just robot follows the waitresses all yeah. over. You know, what's, what's going on right now, the world's going nuts. I, there's going to be many restaurants that are only going to probably drive through. Mm-hmm. Like they're closing a lot of Starbucks. People are just going there and ripping them off. They're just closing the doors on everything. No, I so, went to a Starbucks just just last week. Uh, yes, no, yesterday in L.A. Yeah. And I wanted to plug my computer in. Yeah. They had there were no plugs. No plugs. They right. covered all the plugs and the mm -hmm. ones on the floor. They yeah. took them out because they. Of course. People were going in there and just right, sitting. Right, I would go in there too. Have a couple of coffees. Stay there for eight hours. I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but what they're doing is they're like I said, homeless problem. Yeah. <laughs> so remember when the people were in there and they would like sit in there for, with their computers and they just turn into their home office, right? Because mm -hmm. they day. offered free Wi-Fi. Yeah, all day. Now they took the plugs out, so right. you're just limited on how long your battery right, will that's last. Probably smart, because who wants somebody there all day? You know, not if they're yeah. not buying anything. Right. Well, how how many coffees can you drink? You know, it's like get your coffee and get out of here. You know, sit out for like five minutes. Mm -hmm. But they'll like set up shop every day, every day, every day. They're in there. But maybe that's, maybe that's part of their culture. Like this part of instead of going to a library, come to Starbucks. You can hang out here because that attracts other people. You end up getting the social thing. I mean, it's not that bad. No. You know, it's not that bad. So where can we – let me ask you something that sure. the audience is looking. Uh, how can people get in touch with you directly? Yep. Okay. So I want to know all your social – I want to know, I know you're busy, so mm -hmm. where can we see you or where can uh, real estate agents or anyone who wants to see you, where are you going to be performing or speaking next? Mm -hmm. So just give us your social handle so that sure. we then get in touch with you. Yeah, so it's uh, Chris Haran on LinkedIn. Uh, so LinkedIn.com. Christopher Haran. So H-A-R-A-N. Um, so that'd be the biggest one that I'm on for social. And then Chris.Haran at M-R-E-D-L-L-C.com is the email. So that's a really easy way to get in touch with me. Next up for me is... Um, Probably in October, I've got the RISO conference. So RISO is the Real Estate Standards Organization, which is where we talk about uh, for organized real estate, which is what we call the overall ecosystem of brokerages and MLSs and associations together. What kind of data standards can we put in place to make it easier to pass all this information back and forth? And it doesn't sound like the most exciting, but it's also one of the most important things for AI to work because you have to have good data coming in for it, all of these products to come together. And RISO is all about making what you call a bedroom in California, the same thing as what we call a bedroom in Illinois versus what we call a bedroom in New right. York or Florida. Like that's the basic idea of resource. How do you standardize all that kind of data? And it's been a mission for over 20 years now that's really picked up a lot of steam in the last several. Um, so that'll be the next big one for on-conference for me. I'll also be at a couple industry conferences. Um, there's one in Miami called NAR IOI, which is really interesting because it's NAR's conference of showcasing the latest and greatest in tech. And they usually have pitch battles with some of the new prop tech startups that are in the business. I would highly expect this year we'll have a lot of AI. Do you know the dates for companies. that? Or maybe yes, that's the last week of August. 
Um, I want to say it's the Wednesday and Thursday in that right. week. So look it up on there. Is that in? Guys. That's in Florida. Miami. Miami, Florida. Yeah. Uh, this month, August. This month. Yep. So he's so traveling really all over. Go. We're we're in. Uh, for those of you who are watching us, we're in San Diego, so he's going to be flying across the country. Mm-hmm. I would also like to, hopefully, you'll be one of our regular guests because this mm-hmm. is something that is. There's some interviews that are good for one conversation. Right. Okay, a good story, but this is an ongoing, fast, you know, upfront. So, do you mind coming back and keeping our audience informed? On Absolutely, and honestly, I'd love if we start with all the things I got wrong on the previous visit. Okay, yeah. I think that's just as likely we'll as everything it. we talked about today. Absolutely, and the, and, and the next time, let's yeah. bring in the real Chris. <laughs> we won't have the avatar. Yeah, right. to put on He's pants. still outside. Oh, no. He's no, still waiting he, in the hallway. He actually moved his eyes like he was human. They're no. going to look really close. I found your wine when you're watching. Yeah. Listen, when when you're watching the YouTube, just like stare really close to your computer no, screen. Chris, I know that was funny, but what we really <laughs> want to say is Mark and I are the actual avatars. How do we do? You guys did great. It was yeah, excellent. Really. So. We're just generated by a computer. <laughs> thanks so much. Thank thanks you. for joining Thank us. Thank you. Great guys. interview. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you like what you watch, hit subscribe, follow. All those things. Take it easy.